When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Testing, testing. Still way too loud. Can you get Jamie? Can you please come get Ellie? Okay, let's try the skin. You're listening to The Neurodivergent Nurse, and I'm your host, Jamie. I'm a registered nurse who has ADHD. On this podcast, we will talk all things ADHD. I'm really just beginning to learn about this diagnosis and how to navigate through it. But I am so excited to take you on this messy and raw journey with me so that we can learn together. So let's get started. Well, hey, everybody. I hope that everything's going great in your corner of your neurodivergent universe. Things here seem to be okay. I finally found my driver's license and credit card. I don't know if you remember, but in February, I had to go several weeks without the medication that I've been taking since December of 2020. During that time, I hit a car on the way to work at 5.15 or 20 in the morning. Just went to court. That got dismissed. Yay. I also took my SCRN, which is Stroke Care Registered Nurse exam. That makes me a nationally certified stroke nurse. Anyway, during that time, I lost my driver's license and a credit card that I had to use as an ID. The place said they didn't have it. I have gone months now, and I just found it this week. I found it under the bed towards the head of the bed. Such a random spot, but I'm glad I misplaced my remote control that day so that I could find my driver's license. Some other pretty crappy things happened during that time, including appointments and changing work days, all revolving around not having my medication. And let's not even get started on how low my mood was, but I am thankful that those things that happened back in February without my meds are now being resolved. Those of you who follow my Instagram account, you probably also saw that the reason why I had to go without that medication is the insurance that I have, the insurance company. They decided that they needed a prior authorization for me to continue to receive Vyvanse. Again, I'm gonna remind you that while I'm a nurse, I'm not an ADHD nurse. I'm not giving you medical advice. The only thing that I ever give you is information that I find and hacks that I find to deal with all of this as someone who struggles, struggles with ADHD. But as I was saying, the insurance company decided that now I need a prior authorization for me to continue receiving Vyvanse. Vyvanse for me was such a lifesaver because it also helped me with my social anxiety. I did a lot of work prior to being diagnosed with ADHD to help with my social anxiety. It was so, so high. I did the work. Then I started taking the medication and it made conversations with people actually enjoyable. And it helped me not struggle with feeling awkward or looking for the exit. If someone started talking to me, I would instantly begin planning how to end the conversation because I fear awkward silences. I also fear that I'm going to talk too much potentially or 
that I am going to just say bizarre things because I don't know what to say and I'm trying to make sure there's no awkward silences. It was all terrible. The thought of chatting with people and small talk, I just avoided it like a plague. I can never articulate appropriately what Five Ants did for me in the social settings, not just ADHD as a whole and making my brain quiet. And my psychiatrist, we've gone through a whole bunch of hoops and they have now decided that in order for me to continue taking Vyvanse, I have to try two other medications for a month at a time and for those medications not to work. I'm finishing up the last week of trial number one medication. Not a huge fan, but it's okay. I'm getting ready to start trial number two, and then I can have my wonderful Vyvanse back. I'm also getting ready to head on vacation for several days, which I'm super excited about. That means that if you are a Patreon or if you are a paid Instagram subscriber and you have never received a postcard from me, be sure to send me a DM, an email, whatever, with your address because all of my paid subscribers, you get postcards from my vacation spots. So if you follow me on social media and you notice that I may not be as active as what I typically am, there will still be the daily post. Patreon and paid Instagram subscribers, they also get ADHD tips of the day. Those are still going to come through while I'm gone, but I just won't answer messages as frequently, check my email as frequently, etc., etc., etc. So don't worry, I didn't fall off the face of the earth. I'm just taking some time to myself to go to a beach, read a book or two, and just soak up some sun. Even though in the south where I am right now, it's raining and 42 degrees. So we shall see how much warmer it gets several hours from here. If you couldn't tell from the title, on today's episode of the Neurodivergent Nurse Podcast, we are going to talk about communicating effectively when you have ADHD. Because let's be real. Communication problems are so common for those of us who have ADHD. It tends to make it harder to get things done. It weakens our executive functions. It lowers our ability to remember things, to gather our thoughts, control our impulses. And because of that, ADHD gives us those great barriers that gets us in the way of how we speak to and listen to other people. I was having a conversation with a great friend of mine in the last couple of days, and I was intently listening to what he had to say. And I had so many thoughts, and I didn't want to interrupt him and blurt things out because that also has been a big work in progress. But my thoughts just kept escaping. And I thought, you know what? I bet the listeners of the Neurodivergent Nurse also struggle with this. And it's worth talking about with hacks and tips to make it better. The first thing that we're going to talk about is how to curb impulsive speech. It's a classic ADHD situation. You have something to say during a conversation. Your brain is racing. You feel anxious because you want to get that thought out before you forget. So you interrupt someone mid-sentence or finish their thoughts for them. And just like that, the discussion becomes a dilemma. ADHD blurs the boundaries between what you should say, what you shouldn't, and when to speak up. Impulsive behavior, one of the main symptoms of the disorder, can make others feel angry and hurt, and it can make you feel bad too. Life doesn't have a rewind button, but there are ways to build roadblocks in your brain that can keep impulse in and let the good parts out. The very first thing that you need to do it's be aware of it. Where does your impulsive behavior happen most? Does it happen the most at work, at home, in stressful situations? The first step is always to build awareness around the source of your impulsivity. So start to figure out what situations tend to generate impulsive behavior. Once you figure out the places you're triggered most, 
take stock of what happens in your body shortly before you blurt something out. Maybe you clench your jaw or fist. You might fidget or shift your weight from one foot to the other. Use these physical clues as reminders to move to the next step. Step two, stay present. Think back to a conversation when you were feeling anxious while waiting to share your thoughts. Instead of focusing on how slow it was going and building tension inside, take a big picture view of yourself instead. In your enthusiasm and wanting to connect, imagine that you're looking at yourself from above. Ask yourself, what's the purpose of this conversation? How can I get the most out of this opportunity to connect with this person? How can I contribute and really hear? Being present is the foundation of mindfulness, which is a technique that can be helpful for those of us with ADHD. There's a good reminder to use in this situation. Stop. I'm so sorry. Don't be mad that I'm interrupting this podcast episode, which is a pretty great episode. Am I wrong? Anyway, I have spent the last two, two and a half years not doing the traveling that I love and really enjoy. This year, I decided in 2023, it's going to be different, but I also wanted to extend that to you. All the years before, I've enjoyed traveling on my own terms, but I decided that this year, I was going to open it up to the followers of the Neurodivergent Nurse. I want you to go on. I want you to click the link in the show description, and I want you to sign up to go to Spain with me from October 9th to October 15th. There's a whole itinerary. There's so much fun things that we are going to do while we are in Spain, like walking tours and sunset cruises and all of those fun things. Anyways, check every single bit of it out. In the show notes, click that link. If you can't access it, shoot me an email at the neurodivergentnurse at gmail.com. The first 10 people that sign up, there are some spots still available. You get a discount, so go ahead, do it now. There are monthly payment plans available. Let's get on this so that we can be the best of travel buddies. S stands for stop being on autopilot. T, take a mindful breath. O, observe how the conversation's going, where your attention is, your urges, and what's happening to your body. And P, proceed by either continuing or correcting what's happening in your mind and your body. Step three, create a new impulse. Impulsive speech tends to get adults with ADHD in trouble at work. Listen to this situation and tell me if it sounds familiar to you. Someone comes to you and they have a really interesting project that sounds like you would find it really exciting. Of course, if you're like me, you're gonna volunteer to be involved without taking the time to check to see if we have time for one more commitment. Instead of saying, yeah, of course, sign me up, replace that with, yeah, that does sound really interesting. I'll let you know if I can join as soon as I check my schedule. To replace the old impulse of yes with the new one, you need to repeat that exact same speech several times. Practice it with your friends so that you can get used to using the new impulse to create a buffer. And this last hack for impulsive speech is one that I have started using whenever I'm around friends. I typically carry a notebook with me most of the time. And even at work, when people come to our office, when we're not on calls, rapid response calls, people do come by to talk about things that are important. I've learned to start jotting down notes. And writing down the notes while I'm listening helps me not forget the things that I want to say. And even if they're long-winded, whenever they take a break, I say, okay, let's circle back to this part right here. 
and then go on with the thing that you wanted to say instead of interrupting. You have it right here to be able to refer back to. Now we're going to talk about issues of zoning out whenever you're in a conversation with someone. For example, you might answer a question without realizing you missed a key part of that information that could have changed your response. There's a couple ways that you can keep this from happening as well. One of the things that I have found to work very well for me in this situation, because this is also something that I deal with and have dealt with for a long time, I've gotten in the habit that if I lose the conversation thread, I say, I think I spaced out. I'm sorry. Can you say that again? It's so much easier than trying to dig for the lost information later. If you're not sure exactly what was said because you did zone out, you could also paraphrase what the other person said to make sure that you are actually completely clear on it. The other thing that you can do that is sometimes very difficult for those of us with ADHD or other types of neurodivergency is to maintain eye contact. Eye contact is sometimes painful. Again, it is very, very difficult. But if you can, try to maintain it because this helps you be an active listener. I have learned now that I maintain eye contact when someone's talking to me, but when I'm talking back to them, my eyes definitely do not stay connected. And that helps give me the break of the struggle of eye contact. So while you're maintaining eye contact, if your mind drifts, repeat the speaker in your head to keep a bead on the conversation. Don't interrupt. The next thing you can do is ask questions. Instead of jumping into what you want to talk about next, ask the speaker a question about what they've been sharing. This helps you stay engaged and they'll know that you're listening. If you struggle with inattention during conversation, the next thing I want you to try is to pick up on the subtext. Good communication requires more than trading verbal information. It's key to pick up on how the person you're speaking with is feeling and what they really mean beyond their words. Grasping the context of the conversation not only gives you information that you need, but your communication partner will value it. Ways that you can do this is by discussing things in person, not via email or text. Eye contact, the lack of it, and physical gestures, that can matter so much more than what someone is saying. The next, scout for clues that can help you get more information. Where's the conversation taking place? Is it a casual setting? Is it a formal one? Is it a meal with your partner? Who else is around? Then zero in on how the speaker uses their words. You can't always take them at face value. Okay, I guess. Has a very different meaning than, that sounds great. Brush up on body language. Notice how the speaker sounds, how they're acting, their expression, any other details that might provide more insight into the real message. It can also help you figure out if someone is just being polite to you or if they really mean what they say. And last on that, watch their actions. They might be at odds with their words. This is when it can help you to ask them to clarify. I tell people all the time that I actually care about conversations that I have with them, that I need things in black and white, and that if I don't understand what you're saying, I'm going to ask you something that may seem very obvious but it's because it wasn't obvious to me. And I've never received a negative response to sharing that information. And the last thing, if you struggle with inattention, is to get rid of distractions. When someone's trying to talk to you, minimize the other things competing for your attention. Like, don't look at your phone. You might put it in your pocket, your purse, or just put it out of sight. Get rid of unneeded tech alerts. And if your kids are running around or coworkers chatting in the hall, the best solution might be to suggest having the conversation in a quieter place. And you can say, I can't give this conversation my full attention now. Can we talk later? And if you're in a larger situation, like a meeting, we talked about jotting notes and stuff. But 
in the meeting. You can't just rely on your memory. Take notes with a pen and paper or an electronic tool. And at the end of the meeting, if you feel comfortable, ask for an opportunity to summarize the key points you've jotted down to make sure that you heard things right. Later on, if you still have questions, go ahead and ask a coworker to send you a quick email with their own recap of it. I hope that these quick hacks can help you with your day-to-day in having communication with people in your world. If you have any other tips or suggestions, or if you just want to tell me that you thought they were pretty good, go on over to Instagram, let me know there, or shoot me an email at theneurodivergentnurse at gmail.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love it if you would go and leave a five-star review. And if you want to contribute and support The Neurodivergent Nurse, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash The Neurodivergent Nurse. And there you can get bonus episodes, daily ADHD tips sent straight to you, worksheets for issues that you may be struggling with when it comes to ADHD, and a free ticket to my monthly webinar. Go sign up so that you can join my Neurodivergent family.